Let's talk about being a, a, a man, though. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. Let's talk about being a, a, a man, though. And as you mentioned that, you mentioned that. Yeah, we're going to go there now. And I think a good question for you with being a man, and we talked about this a few times, our internal world and our emotions, right? Because going back to the beginning thing, what you said is, you know, part of what you were learning as, as, a, as a teacher and kind of Montessori teacher and helpful, and what you started was trying to approach children uh, when they're in heightened emotional state with logic and realizing this isn't really working. So... Uh, I'm wondering if you're open to do a deep dive question, a little bit, a little glimpse into your life and then how that translates to kind of your current heart and passion today. But as a man and, and as a black man, I'm wondering in your childhood home, what was modeled to you with emotions, with conflict? Can you speak on that? Can you share a bit about that and then how that translates into kind of your passion today? Yeah, um, I, I, I definitely one who grew up with uh, spanking. And that was the way that my parents chose to, uh, you know, try to solve problems or, you know, sometimes it was like frustration or mm. it was something they thought that would motivate me to do better at things that I struggled at. Um, and, you know, my, both of my parents spanked me, um, and I can't really say, I'd say if it was one or the other, it might've been, my mom probably spanked me more than my dad did, but you know, it, they're two very different personalities. My dad is a lot more of kind of a little bit more like stoic and generally like a, a calm person. Like I think any like adult would, any adult or any like his friends would kind of describe him as kind of like a calm, low key kind of person. Uh, my mom, the opposite, kind of more of the extrovert, kind of puts herself out there more. I remember her, like going to. I remember going to the, going with her to the store and her having conversation with the cashier. And I'm like, "Do you know this person? Mm-hmm. Like, I really because you're talking like your best friends, like y'all went to high school together." But um, so two very different personalities. Um, I think the added thing. I think my mom is a very very anxious person. Um, mm. And that comes like we've had conversations in adulthood, especially as I've been talking about this stuff online and she sees it. So we've had some conversations and her anxiety comes a lot from her upbringing and like kind of one of her like core memories. I don't know if anyone who's ever watched Inside Out. Love mm. it. But yeah. Core memories yeah. is yeah. something yeah. I just yeah. 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 I feel like it's just something we should all use. But um, like core memory should be like language used in research i believe (laughs) um but like one of her like core memories one of her is that when she was 18 she was kicked out and she didn't know where she was going to she didn't know where she was going to stay and she didn't know where she was going to live where she's going to be and that that 
insecurity in her never went away. Um, mm. And I think part of it was her, like, she wouldn't, like, I think she, like, missed curfew and she was kind of out doing her own thing or whatever. And, you know, my grandmother, um, who's passed away since, um, wasn't having it, you know, and and kick, kicked her up probably as, like, a punishment to, like, show her who was boss or whatever. And, and it, it really created what it really did was create insecurity and, and anxiety or really enhance it throughout her life. And so that's something that has carried with her. And I could see very clearly in her parenting and the language that she's always used, you know, with me and my, and my brother um, and just her fear of just like, we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves or be able to, you know, like, be able to support ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. that drove a lot of her decisions in parenthood. Um, And as a result, so um, here we're doing deep dives, you know, everything for her, everything was an emergency. Everything, Mm -hmm. it seemed like everything was kind of an emergency because it was always like an anxiety. So to me, you know, over time, since everything was an emergency, nothing really became an emergency. And it, it, mm. and quite honestly, it became something where it was easy to just tune, like then just, just kind of tune it out or really not take it seriously, hear it. Maybe it might even create a little bit of anxiety in me, but just not take it seriously because, ah, oh, this is like everything. Like I feel like right. there's, there's gotta be something that hmm. you gotta be anxious about. And, and some of those things, like, especially, like, around um, grades, just things that would impact in her perception my success in life mm-hmm. were things that she she took really seriously and things that, like, if grades or certain things weren't there, like, I would be uh, spanked for it or, or punished mm-hmm. or, like, for long periods of time. Um, spanking isn't the only punishment that they use, but it was just one of the, one of the ones that they used. Mm-hmm. My dad on the other hand was more calm, cool and collected, but the only emotions that I really saw like from him for the most part didn't never really saw like the much of like the emotional kind of like caring side, the like, mm-hmm. I love you kind of side. And, you know, the, big emotions that I really saw from my dad when I saw big emotions from him were more kind of like angry when he get really ramped up and angry. There are some mm. times definitely where I saw him happy and, and joyous and things like that, probably more in my adulthood than I did in my childhood. <laughs> Those were kind of the models that I had kind of growing up um, and where I took a lot of things from them, a lot of things from their personality. Mm. I think from my dad is, helped me he was kind of a model to sit back and listen a little bit more Hmm. um i think my mom was a model of just to to go out and and communicate and connect people and reach people and so like that's you know that's there not to say that i only got negative things from them um Mm -hmm. there were definitely positive things that they modeled for me that are helping me and serving me to this day Hmm. like creating this community and, and and being able to communicate to people online and um and, and in person and stuff like that's something that i would more attribute to if i had attribute to any of my parents that i would attribute to my mom okay. um but kind of fast moving forward a little bit when i became 
actually let's not move forward too much because there's this other part where that has to be acknowledged that you know sometimes when we talk about like the impact of parenting sometimes we don't acknowledge the impact of cultural society societal mm-hmm. cultural factors so uh, societal messages that are mm-hmm. continuously received because we don't just mm-hmm. get messages from our parents we get messages from our peers yeah, teachers and, school you know yeah, our communities school, that we're in teachers yeah, media especially mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. and one of the messages that i kind of received as from pretty much all of those places is that um as a man you can't have it's not okay to have emotions it's not cool to have emotions and even like mm. as a teenage boy right like you're as a teenage boy the thing you're thinking about most is girls right it's girls and maybe sports and i was really into sports until i started being in more into girls and wanting to be into like like i, I played soccer like pretty seriously and like even one like was on a team that won like state championships and everything um but eventually wanted to socialize more because it took up all my time and weekends and all that stuff and so the other sex was uh i think is a big driving force for a lot of teenage boys specifically i can't speak to how teenage girls feel i imagine that teenage boys impact um, teenage girls just as much in mm-hmm. terms of you know what they're what boys are interested in and how they communicate and all that stuff yeah. but it's not okay to be the dude crying about something even if it's legitimate like even if it's something it's something traumatic has happened to you it's still not okay to mm-hmm. cry especially mm-hmm. in front of people or to mm-hmm. show emotion to even express that you're having the emotion and if you do in a very vulnerable moment, like you kind of have to brush it under the rug and, and kind of say something else that like, like, yeah, but it's not a big deal, you know, whatever. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Whatever. You know, like you got to that part, like growing into like teenagehood, especially you learn and kind of shut down your emotions and to kind of just not communicate that and not express it. Now I had, before we recorded, you were talking, I asked about, you know, you told me that you're a musician and that was a way that you kind of um, coped with things. And the way that I coped with things, because I couldn't outwardly communicate, you know, I couldn't communicate with, couldn't talk to my parents because they wouldn't, hmm. emotions weren't, they yeah. weren't really, would be because mom was, an- yeah, because mom was anxious, right? Right. So can't talk to mom because everything's a, everything's an emergency. So I talked to mom, I'm guessing you tell me, uh, I don't want to make her more anxious. She's already so anxious. So if I talk to her, it'll make it worse for her and dad. Well, He's more stoic. So I just kind of, they're not safe to talk about. I just kind of keep it here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like dad, like it just wasn't not a thing that like we would talk about or ever talked about or we would ever like start conversations with or whatever. Like that just wasn't in, that wasn't in him. Um, yeah, it was just like an absence. There wasn't, there was nowhere to, there was no roadmap to do emotions with them because it wasn't part of the relationship. Right, right. And yeah. and I will say though, like, it's not that like I had, I, I think I had a really great dad. Like mm-hmm. I, like, this is a story I tell about my dad to, show, to, to, to say like, he was a really great dad um, with the tools that he had access that he had available to him. Yeah. Um you know, he played basketball growing up. Basketball like was his like sport growing up. Mm. When I started playing soccer when I was really young, when you know, like four and five and six and seven, he became the soccer coach. Mm. Um 
we, was interested in soccer. He never played soccer while working two jobs, you know? So wow. like, not to say that, like, you know, great dad yeah um, so he made a point to show up in your life in the best way he knew how it sounds like ex- yes exactly and yeah and, which meant something <laughs> right yeah yes yeah, yeah it does but it, it didn't make him a safe person to talk to about emotions. my feelings and emotions and, and things that were going on and but you're so, talking about music but what i did so what were you doing as an outward expression of that internal world what did you do yeah, so I used I poetry is what mm. I, I I wrote, um, wow. and it was, it was poetry that kind of you know became rapping that kind of went back mm. into like spoken word, and this is kind of over the years, but yeah, um, writing is was kind of my outlet to kind of express mm. what I was feeling, um, and I had a couple of friends. Um, who were female um, that I could like express that, that, that we could kind of like, you know, they wrote poems too. And so we would kind of like exchange like hmm. poems, they read poems and like we would talk about it. And so that was like my outlet and slash a little bit of co-regulation that I had to kind of talk about emotions a little bit, but still largely talking about them publicly. Like those were like late night conversations where like, hmm. okay, like we've been on the phone for on, on the phone for four hours now and you know back in the time where you like you had to wait till after till nighttime to like be on the phone so you got like the, the free minutes and all that stuff um i guess like it, it, it was still even in those like my safest of spaces still something that was really hard to do because in every other space it was still like it's not okay to like share this like share your emotions and all that stuff so yeah fast forward kind of having those messages and that really so becoming a part of me because it's the society I grew up in. And I am now becoming a teacher um, mm-hmm. and working with children in a Montessori classroom, about 30 children. Um, they did a little bit of training, like barely, like three day training. And it's laughable, really. Um, they, mm-hmm. you do some HR paperwork, you, they take you on a tour, like the building, um, and they, you know, I, I watched like a, a play video that was, it was so old. It was from, um, they needed a, a VHS to, to show me the video. Um, that's <laughs> and they had to do a, tracking. They had to track it. So it's, it was clear. Yeah. You know, remember tracking yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, on the VHS tape? Cause it was like all warble and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that is just an indication of just how inadequate and outdated the training yeah. that I received before they kind of threw me in the classroom. And, you know, and I, uh, you know, children would have conflict and like, this is mm-hmm. what I struggle when I, especially in, in talking and, and mentoring men, like this is probably one of the first hurdles that like we struggle with almost without fail. Women struggle with this too. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. like it's, I mean, we, I think we really struggle with it because of this, the way that we have the, this, the messages that society gives us about emotions and mm-hmm. how we've kind of navigated our emotions, how yeah. a lot of us have. That children are having kind of like an emotional conversation, discussion, fight, argument, whatever, or just an emotional moment, not even between mm-hmm. two children. I would try to, I would try to respond with logic and be like, well, you... You know, you have this toy, you have this toy, like, what's the big deal? There's another toy over there, like, what's the big deal? Or you dropped it, or coming inside, you're going to go outside every single day. We do this every day, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, I don't understand 
yeah. why it's not logical yeah. why you're upset it's right now. Very left brain. It's all left brain. Left brain, left brain. <laughs> right, 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 right. And <laughs> Which is not bad. It's just, yeah, keep keep talking. We'll get right, to it. Right, right. It's just they're not able to hear, really hear the logic. And right. what's really needed in those moments is to kind of talk to their like emotional brain, to mm-hmm. to, to, to talk about the feelings mm-hmm. and what they're experiencing, to really, to see right. them. And, you know, I'm trying to guide them. And that's why I talk about see, guide, trust. And, mm. you know, we so often as adults try to guide before we really try to see, right? Before we really try to, you know, empathize. Like, yeah, this is really tough for you. This is what you wanted. This is what you were trying to get out of this. Like, Oh, you're frustrated. Like, you know, we want to go straight to the solution. And I, I think right. this is what I've seen. And a lot of like, you know, when I and I do coaching and then, you know, there's parents and mom and a dad, like almost without fail, you know, the dads will kind of empathize with this too. Like we want to fix things. We want to like go immediately to fixing the problem. Right. And this is also now, when I said like, this is also going to be something that's helpful, not just with kids. Men really take note. Because this also impacts our partner to partner relationships too, of immediately just wanting to go and fix. And sometimes it's not often like they don't need us, our partner, child doesn't need us to necessarily fix something. They just need to feel seen and understood mm. and, 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 and validated. And there might be a solution. There might be some problem solving. There might be some guidance that happens afterwards. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Not always necessarily needed, especially with adults. Mm-hmm. But the the seeing part is needed. If, if you mm-hmm. are going to do any kind of guidance, seeing the person validating the experience is is, is the first thing. And, and a classic thing, I just did a um, talk and I was asking people about behaviors that challenged them. They were talking about, they were kind of, it got into like adult behaviors. And one um parent said it's like when i get home and nothing is done and i can and, and like ooh this is one of those situations where people so often will try to guide before seeing yeah. and it creates rifts um mm-hmm. and i would caution anyone out there especially the the, the you know whether dad mom whatever you know you're working outside the home especially if you're even if you're working inside the home, but you're isolated away from the kids right? and you come in and nothing is done. Mm. Now you may be thinking, oh my goodness, you're here with, you're here at home all day. I wish I could be here at home all day. I'd get so much done. Like, and how is the room or how is the house even more of a mess than when I left it? How it's yeah. thinner, not ready. What's like, what are you doing? Like, how can you, yeah. I, I set out a schedule and it's still not done. Mm-hmm. You come into that situation, into that chaotic situation with that energy, with trying to guide and be like, you didn't follow the schedule. Like what's, why are you off schedule? Like, why is dinner ready? Like you should organize your time better. If you start off with that, that is very likely going to create a rift in your relationship. And it's, it's, it's not going to go well. Likely the response is going to be is you have no idea mm-hmm. what I've been going through today. You have no idea. Totally. And really what the response is, you're not seeing me first. Right. Um, and that's hurtful. And part of what's hurtful about that, let's dive a little deeper in, into this, um, is that you're not seeing me with positive intent. You're not, you're not mm. believing that I'm doing my best with, 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 with what I'm working with right now. 
and yeah. you're going straight to judgment of my inadequacies in the, or the mm. things that I haven't been able to do or accomplish. And, and quite likely, especially for adults, they're already aware that the house is a mess and that dinner is not ready. So mm-hmm. you're not telling them anything new. You're just for them what it feels like you're just further down, punching down on them on what was already stressful. Yeah. Day. You know, they may be feeling yeah. like you have no idea what's, what's happened today. I tried to go to the park and they fell yeah. off the swing. We had to go to the take an emergency um, to the store to get, you know, Band-Aids. We ran out of Band-Aid. We're in the mm-hmm. store. The other child, you know, another child yeah. threw a temper tantrum and I threw a temper tantrum and, you know, I didn't even buy, end up buying the Band-Aids and we got into the, you know, car. We drove home. Right. I tried to do, you know, some independent play, but then they broke something. We cleaned, yep. cleaned it up and then, you know, I got a cut and so I'm more frustrated. All these things that you didn't see and then you come in and say, why is this not done? Right. And, you know, where that conversation goes is you don't understand, like, I don't, the parent who's staying at home, he or she's either going to now project their feelings on you, put them like direct all of that energy that they've been built up that they probably Mm -hmm. been trying not to put on their kids now, like, Ooh, it's going to you. Like you're getting it. Or and then you're, going then you're stuck in this walk. conflict. Right, right. And then and then you're going to respond. You might, like, if you're not in a conscious spot, which you probably aren't if you came in that way, or you might take it as like, hey, this is an emotional message and I need yeah. to take a step back and reflect. Mm-hmm. If you're able to catch yourself and you're able to be conscious in that moment, totally. you can do that and you can maybe you can kind of shift it and you can repair and, and, and start doing the repair and full circle, right? Apologies and all that stuff. So you can repair and yeah. be like, okay, next time I will try to help you. I'll, I'll jump in and help or whatever that thing is. But if you're not conscious, you're likely going to double down and, and mm. you're like, why are you yelling at me? I'm just, I've had a hard day too. And you don't right. know what it's like. And then yep. nothing's being solved. And you're missing each other. Right. Right. It's a lack of emotional attunement, right? It's that you're missing the core, what's the need. And, and this is, I think we'll come full circle. Chaz is what is the need in that moment? And some kind of support, right? And some some kind of being seen and and, and right. support, like. And sometimes, jumping in and supporting is someone can feel seen by that, like. Yeah. And I think right. it definitely depends on the you know dynamic because you might jump in and like no, like I really need help with this. Or I really need mm-hmm. like, can you? I really just need a break. And so definitely like checking emotional like the emotional climate and maybe yeah. do a little bit of like observing at least just being in the mindset of just like curiosity instead of judgment and, and asking right. yourself how can i help um and maybe there's something they're directly struggling with that you can start helping them with and then asking them how can i help now let's bring this down to children right let's bring this down because it you know a lot of times it's, it looks different right and where a child is maybe throwing a temper tantrum over maybe the ice cream fell on the ground, right? Sure. And they they eat half the ice cream and they're like, ah, oh, we have ice cream at home and it's not, you know, you're thinking that's not a big deal. Like we get ice cream every day or every week or whatever. Like, come on, we'll get it again. It's not the end of the world, right? right. That's our kind of logical brain talking, mm-hmm. but that's not what they need right now. The moment they need support, 
understanding. Like, ah, like that was a really frustrating moment. You're really looking forward to that, you know, to the rest of your ice cream and it fell and you can't have it anymore. And that's the practice and, and the practical tool for that is what to give a dad is what, I mean, you kind of did it, but but yeah, yeah, you're right. Let me make it this very clear. Validating emotions. And this is kind of the script. And I'm always say like, this is a script, don't use it. Um, because sometimes the scripts can make us a little robotic. But it was your first starting, you know, yeah, try the script, but then work towards making it come authentically from you. And you're not just this robotic, this robotic, you know, right. HR script that you're using <laughs> with this human being in front of you that is experiencing this really very real emotion you know so the script is you feel emotion because source of emotion you're feeling you seem frustrated because you really wanted to finish the rest of your ice cream you seem mad because you wanted more time with me Hmm. you seem disappointed because you wanted more tablet time so that's the script, but just really yeah. seeing them. And, and I'm going to add another practical tool in there, the, the kind of where the seeing and the guiding comes, right? First seeing, first guiding is that mm. you want it, right? You want it next time. Uh, you want it, uh, my attention, next time, tap me on the shoulder. You want it to get your toy back. Next time, say, give that back. You wanted a hug. Next time, say, Hug, please. You know, whatever is in their skill level, you know, even if they don't, uh, you know, by just be armed that they're they're still working on it and you'll add the language to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But just seeing them first. Ah, there's this something not you're bad for hitting or you're bad for this behavior. That's just very surface, right? Recently made a video about this. Like there's behaviors that you do as a parent that I'm sure you're not proud of all the time or, you know, you may regret or you wouldn't do a hundred percent of the time. And to say that, you know, you know, it's just judge the surface level mm. behavior is yeah. not helpful to say, right. you know, you're spanking, you're bad. You need to stop. You're yelling, you're bad. You need to stop. You're, um, you're, you're blaming your children for your emotions. You're bad. You need to stop instead. Yeah. Acknowledge, especially, you know, acknowledging, you know, what the challenge is and what the problem is, but really coming at it from a place of you want it to, mm-hmm. you know, get it to the car. Yeah. You know, you wanted to get from point A to point B. Um, you were overwhelmed in your emotion. You were struggling yeah. in that moment. And that's why you're now, this is why now you're tantruming. This is why I guess you're throwing the thing or crying is because this was the, like you said, this is the want, the need, and the behavior now here, the tantrum, whether it's an adult tantrum or a child tantrum, right. is there's some unmet need, there's some underlying emotion. Like you said, it's that connecting first, it's that attunement first before right. the guidance. It's the same if you come home to a house that's messy. It's like, oh, what does your partner need in this moment? Not to be, not to be guided and told, but first met with where they are. Yes. Right. That's that. That's that initial piece. And then what's the guidance look like? So let me do like the parent example and then bring it down to the kids. Um, You know, you wanted to get from, you know, point A to point B. You wanted to get them into the car, you know, saying that, you know, yelling's bad. Stop it. Don't do it. Instead, you know, empathizing as I was like, yeah, there's this thing that you really wanted. And all of those feelings came rushing in and and you were thinking about you know, how your boss would be upset and all that's really frustrating. That's tough. 
those are very real emotions that you're feeling. And, yeah. you know, when I'm talking to parents, you know, we talk about that. I pause there, right? Allow, allow some space to talk about that, to maybe even dig deeper, to explore those emotions and maybe even learn how to, maybe, maybe it is more about learning how to take care of our emotions. And maybe it is something to go into, you are know, like, oh, it's, I just, it's my mom always gets brought up. And whenever we were laying, going out the door, she would always yell and say this thing. And I just mm. haven't recovered from it. Right. And so the seeing part, not only is important for the feelings of the person, but it's also important prerequisite for the guidance, because yeah. you may think that, you know, the problem and you jump in for guidance and you're trying to solve a problem that they're really not having. That's not really at the root of what it is. And so that's right. why you see and hmm. allow them to talk a little bit. And yeah. cause you might, cause you may, you may like, uh, even as like, you know, there we are, I've seen this hundred times before and this is what the common thing is. And so you might, you know, infer that that is, uh, this right. is probably what your problem is. But then as you talk more, you realize like, no, this is actually what I'm struggling with. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. then you can offer different guidance. So, you know, I might say, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're really struggling. You, you know, you want to get out, empathize, maybe talk about it more. And then like, yeah, like, I just don't know how to get them out the door and mm-hmm. not be late in a, in a reasonable amount of time. And then I'm like, okay, that's the problem. Then the support is more about strategies, more about like maybe using visuals to support kind of that transition. Maybe it's looking at the routines. What are routines look like? What are the systems that we kind of have built into that maybe morning routine? You know, what are the ling- what's the language that we're using? Are we saying a lot of the no, stop, don't instead of mm. what to do? Um, and, you know, are we, what is that point where they get stopped? Do they get, is it that they get distracted by something? They get distracted by the TV and they're always looking at the TV. Maybe that's something that we can kind of like take out of the equation, right? And so the, the that seeing part, and, I'm, and now I'm going to give you an example for a child. I'm going to give you an example where I did this and I kind of like messed up. I kind of made a mistake because um, we're here normalizing mistakes. Um, I was in the classroom with the teacher. I was talking to the teacher and a child went over and they, um, there, were two, there were two children sitting at a table playing with Legos quite peacefully and playing together. And then a third child came over. We'll call him Max. Max came over and he grabbed the bin of Legos and yanked them um, away from the other two children. And then the other two children, their reaction was like, oh, H, no, I'm going to yank back. Like, and they, yeah. you know, were yanking. They were, so they pretty much were just yanking at this Lego bin back and forth. Um, and obviously that creates quite a commotion. So us as teachers are like, okay, well, okay, what's, you know, what's going on here? This is getting kind of physical. So we're kind of stepping. This isn't just a a verbal conversation that you guys are having. This can quite easily become an accident report. So let's step in and intervene. And so, you know, I, I brought the child out of kind of like away from the other two kids because really worked out, really worked out. And I was like, you wanted to, uh, you know, you wanted to play with all the Legos. Like you wanted to, to take the bin of Legos for yourself. And he said, no, I wanted to play by myself. Hmm. And then, oh, that's, that's a different problem than what I was going to solve. I thought he just wanted, I just, I thought that he just wanted the bin of Legos and he wanted to play yeah. with them all by himself. 
Yeah, but yeah. really, he just wanted to play in a separate area in his own little peaceful area by himself. Mm. Mm. So then there's a different solution to solve that problem. Mm. Ah, okay. When you want to play by yourself, grab some Legos and take them to the spot you want to play in. When yeah. you want more, you can grab some more Legos from the bin, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we said that, that okay, and then he, he went to go do it, and I'm kind of watching and monitoring because that's a new skill, right? This is a young four-year-old, very young four-year-old, and so this is a new skill. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of watching, I'm observing, here to support if I need to add any more support, but trying to stay back because I want to give him space to practice this skill that I'm yeah. teaching him because I'm overbearing yeah. and won't give him that space to do it. Yeah. And so he went over there and he grabbed some Lego. The other two kids were really hesitant. They thought he was, he was going to grab the Lego bin. They were like kind of like vigilant. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. They were ready, ready to snatch it back, but he just grabbed a little handful of Legos and took them over. And he played nicely. And there wasn't an issue with uh-huh. that for the rest of like that whole time. And even further down the line, whenever he wanted, that became a thing that was communicated in the classroom. Like, hey, if there's only one bin of Legos, if you want to play with some by yourself, you just have to transport them. Right. That totally. became a solution. But if I just yeah. want to jump to the solution, I probably wouldn't have been solving his actual problem that yeah. he was experiencing. Yeah. Um, and you'd be solving a different one and probably got him more frustrated because you would have missed him. He would he wouldn't have felt seen, right? Right. If you would have been solving the other problem, like you would have been missing his particular need, but you got to the need because you clarified. Right. Yeah. You did that clarification, which is so so important. And that's oddly enough what we need as adults is we need to be, we're just like kids. We need to be seen and understood before we guide or give advice. Sometimes the solution is just being seen. Yes. 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 <laughs> right. that's, yes. And there is so much power in being seen. Mm. Um, so much power. That's where like, that's why it's the first thing in See Guide Trust and- mm. If we can really get in a lot of my videos, like focus on that seeing, you know, mm. I had the guidance in there, but, you know, and I was having a conversation with someone the other day, like, what's the most important one? I think, you know, as they were saying that they think C is most, is the most important of the mm. three. And, you know, I was actually having a hard time really saying, I, I think they're all kind of interconnected and all needed yeah. because especially with yeah, young they, children, they this. That, yeah. Seeing is definitely really helpful um, mm-hmm. and helps them, but they're, they're learning a lot of they're learning a lot of new skills. So there does need to be guidance in there somewhere. It's just we have to be mm-hmm. tactical in how right. we do it and when we do it. Um, right. the, the trust part, you know, mm. is huge. That is because you know trusting that everyone is 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 doing their is doing their best. Um, and is doing the best with the skills, knowledge, resources that they have access to. When I say resources, I don't just mean resources in terms of like money, but I mean like internal resources, like your body, your body resources and trusting, you know, we do so many things out of fear. Mm. Um, and if we can step into like trusting that they're, that they're trying their best and to not just solely be driven by fear so that we can really yeah. be present in the moment and we can really, you know, mm. kind of, as we were talking before, can really cherish those moments because when you're in a state of fear, mm. you can't, 
like you can't cherish the moment. Um, you can't really be present. You're so mm-hmm. worried about what might happen, you know, in the future or what happened in the past. It's so hard to be present. And that's where mm. that trust and kind of that mindset and kind of a little bit of just trying to let go. And it's yeah. hard and going to be a constant part because you're going to have that feeling in your body, that visceral feeling, you know, it's that especially, you know, with parents that that heart outside of your body hmm. kind of thing just so to be able to trust that they're trying their best and that you're trying your best and as long yeah. as you're learning and you're, you're growing and yeah. improving like that's enough yeah that's that's <laughs> hard but it I, I look at that as just as essential as seeing the person I think you're right they're all interconnected um, and I think I feel like if, if I were to put them in order not that Please do. Again, no, please do. If, if I were to put them in order, is is it would be, and, and it's hard because they're all they're all interrelated, like you said. So they're all kind of needed. It's like they all build upon each other. But I think the order, at least for how, my experience working with clients and with adults, and is really like being seen and that trust and safety are kind of like right there. Boom, boom. We need to have that safety and trust, but we need to be seen, and that's how we build safety and trust. And then we come to guiding. It's like I feel like yes, guiding is important, but if you're not, if you don't have trust and safety, and you're not seen, guiding is going to be pointless. You, you know? can't guide. You you you, you, you no, are you, ineffectively you guide. And this is what I do. This is what I kind of kind of talk about it and why seeing is so important before guiding because often right. what we do, what we've traditionally done, what we normally do is that we try yeah. to guide like in a dark room right before seeing right with our eyes closed and we're just kind of reaching out don't even really know where they're at and they're not feeling seen so they're in this dark room too and so not only can they not reach out to you and they don't see you but they're not willing to because because it's what actually builds that willingness is the feeling of that of that trust in connection and feeling seen. And that's what actually primes the brain for willingness for, and then that's illuminating to in in the room that illuminates the room and allows for the person being guided to reach out towards the person who's guiding and the person Mm -hmm. who's guiding to actually see the person and and reach back. Right. Yeah. And now you're, you know, walking in an an illuminating room and you're actually Mm -hmm. seeing where you're going. Right. And actually navigating this Mm -hmm. journey together and so like yeah the guidance people will not don't like to be guided by people that they don't trust or connected to feel seen by and this is true like give another i love to give adult examples because like i said i work with adults but also like in with kids too so like i see so many parallels between like leadership and and things in, in, in with kids too and i know and this is across industries across professions that there are leaders that don't see their employees, don't see the people that kind of like boots on the ground, the people who are right. often really working with the clients or actually like with the product. And right. leaders, you know, a lot of ineffective leaders will just push things down and to say, because I said so, because it's what we need to do, maybe not right. even a lot of explanation. And then mm-hmm. the people on the ground are like, hey, but this is, do you know how that in- decision is going to impact the every the day to day the boots on the ground, yep. and that come often that conversation is not had addressed, mm. talked to, not mm. like that conversation is not even had, and so those people those boots on the ground will sometimes yeah. they will they'll sabotage, um, they will talk 
about the the leader like this person this is so this person is so stupid like they don't know what they're doing like they have no yeah. idea right so there'll be self sabotage or half doing it yeah. and that impacts the the company and that impacts your you know your effectiveness of whatever your mission your vision is as a company but also your bottom line too because mm-hmm. I know that's something that you know it, it impacts your bottom line too. If you have if you're able to work together and say like, hey, yeah. instead be like, look, I have a perspective that you may not be seeing from up here, and I'm sharing the perspective and things that I see from up here, and I know that you have perspective too, mm-hmm. and I want to hear that, and I, I want to yeah. hear how those things is, is. Can we come up with a solution that? Yeah. is meet kind of both of those needs. Those maybe maybe even competing needs. I may be worried yeah. more worried about budget or certain policy or something yeah. like that or something that's happening that you don't see. And mm. you may be worried about how it's impacting, you know, the day-to-day lives or or quality of life that up here that the person up yeah. at the top doesn't see. Yeah. Um, and but if we're able to, you know, hear each other out and 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 be empathetic to both to each of to, to each other and hear your concerns hear my concerns and come up with a solution that meets both concerns that's going to be the more impactful more sturdy solution that's going to drive the mission and vision and and bottom and everything more effectively yeah and that's the scene that's the scene in being heard and and that's the same thing in my industry as a therapist is that the most the biggest proponent of change is that the client therapist relationship that there's trust in the relationship. That's more important than any tool I use. Yeah. Any guidance I give. And and there's research, there's so much research showing this that the most like 50% of change, at least 50% of change in therapy comes from the trust you have from client to therapist that they feel safe and trust and seen. And the tools, yes, I need the tools. I need the guide. It's the same thing with kids. I we need a guide, but it has to start with that mutual trust and respect. And to be seen, which is the same thing in any industry, any good leader, any good parent. And that's, I totally agree with what you just said in my, it, I see it all the time. I mean, you see it all the time. I see it all the time. I feel like that's just, that's just kind of universal. I feel like human need is to be, to have safety, trust, and to be seen. And I think it's just a universal human yeah. need. And then before we go to any type of guidance, whether it's a relationship, a business relationship, a ranting relationship, a parent-child there relationship, are people. it's anything. There are people that like I I know and it's, it's and it's so interesting too. To, being in my position, I was I was I work with teachers, um, really kind of boots on the ground. But I also work with directors, and I also worked with district directors. Also, kind of worked on a corporate level too. And so I was able to kind of see and interact and really connect with, genuinely connect with people on all different levels. And it was really interesting to see like how like if a leader kind of like rub people the wrong way or they, you know, were more judgmental or whatever, and they mm. didn't connect with it, even not even just on like a scale of a community level, but on like an individual level with like a certain yeah. person, that leader could be giving really good advice, really helpful, totally. good advice. Yep. But because of the relationship that the person has with a leader, they see it as not good advice. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to do that. Like I need, even even if it sounds like good advice, I need to talk to someone else about it so that I can feel good about doing it. Right? right? There's no relational equity. There's no, right, there's right. no, there's no and, trust and, with the buy-in. It's it's almost as like if you have a bad relationship 
with someone and you try to guide them that's and like try to tell them to do something that's probably the mm-hmm. best way for them not to do it oh, totally. um, so i don't know yeah relationships are definitely the foundation relationships in and helping people like feel seen and that's really where i think where i really do try to start everywhere like you know even replying to like comments on instagram even not even just in sessions, just with people like, yeah. I'm, you know, you're at the, you're out uh, at dinner and, you know, yeah. food's taking a little bit longer and maybe you saw someone come in after you and they got their food before you. Like I try to start with like, I actively try to start with empathy and like mm. seeing other perspective yeah. or even if I'm going to like address something or talk to someone about something, trying to address and acknowledge their perspective how yeah. they may be feeling, what they may be experiencing before I yeah. go into what I'm experiencing or, or what I think should happen in the moment yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, there are times where I don't do that, where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to say what I got to say. Was, and then like, yeah. it just, 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 it's just not, it's not you don't, the same. It's, it's not, you don't get the same level of like understanding and just meaningful conversation yeah. when you go straight to judgment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I think this, this kind of brings it full circle for kind of all the points we talked about today. And if you could sum it up into one, like, I think the theme I'm hearing today is really emotional attunement. That is to say, connecting with the emotion, that is to say, to be seen. Um, I mean, these are all saying the same thing, this different verbiage, right? It's to be acknowledged with where we are emotionally and our needs, whether it's us or our children or our coworkers, right? Or people that we manage. It's we're all longing to be seen, to be heard, to be validated. And I'm wondering for you in, in one word or a sentence, what do you think Chaz needed more as a man, as a kid that he didn't get from his parents? And in turn, what would he like to give away to those men and dads that he works with? Man, it's it's what I'm trying to give, and it's to to be seen and mm. supported and understood, really to get help with yeah. my superpowers that were I'm very challenging to the adults around me to 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 to, to see me for not just my deficits, mm. um, to see me outside of a school system Hmm. um and just to see my humanity my personhood and uh this little this this child trying to navigate Hmm. the world and and connect to their internal compass so that they could continue on their journey in a way that is healthy Hmm. i know that's more than one sentence but that's no that's beautiful that's that's, (laughs) I i think you really got i think we really you really brought it down there i could tell it really hit you you know, that to, see, to be seen at that child, that more than just these contexts, but the deeper personhood of who Chaz is. And in turn, I think that's truly, truly what we all need, um, that men need, that dads need, that women need, is really that kids, that kids need. We all have that inner child that needs to be seen for who we are, truly seen. Um, so Chaz, I mean, just for the sake, I, I mean, we, I could probably talk to you for like a thousand more hours. <laughs> um but today has been such a rich conversation and I appreciate your vulnerability, your input, your expertise um, on these various topics. So I just wanted to thank you for jumping on the show and um, definitely will have you on again. Um, you know, if you'd love to join, love to have you, but I just wanted to bless you today, man. And just thank you so much for your time. Um, and man, 
Just have a great day. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm thinking, I didn't realize you may have said it before, but I didn't realize you were trained in uh, EMDR. I might have yeah. you um, come on and talk about that a little bit on my podcast too. Yeah. Because I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah attachment focused EMDR. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a little thing there, but I would love to be part of it, man. But um, awesome. let's keep this going, man. Let's keep building the community, like you said, of support. Uh, and I would love to support you in any way. And I appreciate your support to, to what I'm doing here. So thank yeah. you. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Chaz. All right. See you soon. Yep. See you. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.